Um, good morning. <laughs> um, there's going to be some pictures of India playing in the background just because I love to get being there. And I said I was going to show some in church, so you can just watch them if you want to. But listen as well at the same time. Um, I'm just going to pray to start with. Uh, Father, I thank you for the chance to be here um, today. And I know that I don't really want to be here, but that I feel that I should be. So um, I just pray that you will give me the right words to say and that they will um, mean something to people here today and that they will really uh, hear you through them because it's your words, not mine. Amen. Um, yeah, I don't really know why I'm here <laughs> because I should be at camp. And I was at camp this morning, and I've come back to do this. And um, all the reasons why I sort of should have said no to speak here, um, there's quite a few. But for some reason, when I did say no, it didn't feel quite right, and that I should really be standing here talking today. So I said yes. Um, and in the reading we just heard, it was about Rahab. But I'm not really going to talk too much about Rahab. I will mention her a little bit, but I'm mainly going to tell you um, my story of the year and how God has really spoken to me and um, been part of my year because I've, I think most of you know, but I've been doing a gap year at church and it's just coming to an end now. This is sort of my last week, um, although I will be staying next year. <laughs> um, I probably put too much in. I don't really know exactly what I'm going to say, but it, uh, if I say it all, then it will be quite jam-packed, so I'm sorry about that, but I hope that you hear what you need to hear. Um, Rahab was a Canaanite woman who lived in Jericho um, and she had no reason to acknowledge God at all. Um, she probably would have worshipped idols like Baal and um, other idols. Um, but she listened to God on this occasion and she stepped out in faith um, because she believed that he was the supreme God of heaven and earth. And that was like a really brave thing to do because she stood against her nation and her city and all the people, and she stood out and actually hid these pe people from um, these Israelite people. Um, and because she did that, God changed her life, and she changed the lives of so many other people as well. And he, she was a really big part of His plan. She's one of the only um, only women that is mentioned in Matthew's gospel at the beginning when um, they do the genealogy of Jesus. Um, she's mentioned there. Um, and she became part of the Israelite people. Um, God has been demonstrating to me this year that he is supreme over heaven and earth and that if we do trust in him, then he really will be with us all the time and that um, he will change lives. He will change our lives and he will change those of people around us. And we just have to be willing to step out in faith um, and then he really will use us in his plan. Um, I suppose there's been three main areas that God has really been visible in my life this year. He's been teaching me to grow and change through weakness. Um, he's taught me about how um, my grounding in life, where it should be. Um, and he's clearly spoken to me about my future. And I've been really blessed by so many people this year um, and by the way that God's been able to speak to me. Um, this time last year, I didn't really know if I still wanted to stay at church and do the yes scheme. I was really undecided, but I decided that I would, and it was probably the best decision that I've made. Um, I went to Soul Survivor about this time last year with a church from Bolney, and I'd never met them really before. I met the two of the leaders at a meeting, and they just said, do you want to come to Soul Survivor? 
And I said, yes. <laughs> no idea why. But um, now I look back, and God was really working there, that he, he must have prompted them to ask me. And when I was there, I really met with God, and um, his Holy Spirit sort of overwhelmed me several times, and he really um, cleared some stuff that was on my heart that I didn't even realize was on my heart, and really prepared me for this year. Um, and I had an amazing time and made some really good friends and some people that I'm still in contact with. I'm going again this year and taking some other people as well. Um, but that was really good to stand me on my way. But I think I've still changed massively since then. Um, he's, God's shown me that uh, we need to have faith when we do things and that he will help us. And that's often in our weakness um, because... When we have faith, we're mainly, like, and we're stepping out of faith, we're acknowledging the fact that we can't do it ourselves and that we have a weakness in ourselves, and um, that he will work there and we've got to trust that he will because he really does keep his sort of promise and he is there with us. Um, there's a lot of things that I've done this year that I couldn't do through my own strength, even standing here. I can't do this through my own strength. I hate being here, but um, I have to trust that God will be with me and he, he will help me to do it. Um, some of you know that I spoke at KISS, the youth service at Christmas, and I was so terrified. I was a complete mess in the morning. I cried on several people at church. Um, <laughs> I was really stressed out, couldn't sleep very well. Um, but I spent some time praying to God um, before, and I remember saying to him that I couldn't do this by my own strength. Um, but I could do it through his. Uh, and he, he gave me a really funny image, which just made me laugh and relax and realize it. But um, I'm going to read you a diary uh, quote. I don't keep a diary very often, but the days I seem to do keep it, it seems to have a meaning. So I read you this. On Sunday, I looked and felt a mess in the morning. I ended up crying, and everyone was very supportive, but I was so tired and nervous. I calmed down a bit in the afternoon. I arrived early to kiss and just sat. I sat with God and he really helped and encouraged me. I felt safe and that he was with me. I even felt a little relaxed for a while because of, I thought of the amount of power God has. It is more powerful than a plug socket. And look what that does when you stick your finger in it. I then saw a picture of me electrocuted, which made me laugh. <laughs> um, and I really feel, felt that I had to step out of the boat and that with faith I could walk on the water and not sink. I still felt nervous, but better than I had. Everyone was so encouraging and supportive. When I spoke, it went all right. I didn't freeze or shake, and I managed to speak through a microphone. God helped me do it. I felt a bit shaky after and immediately got a headache, probably from release of pressure. I felt so much better after and more awake than I have for ages. I also had the best night's sleep for weeks. So I said then that I wouldn't do it again, but I'm stood here. <laughs> um, he doesn't really want it to be easy, but I found that things that are easy, you don't seem to learn. You're not having to step out in faith. It's the parts where we're weak and um, we need his help that we really step out of faith and then he really does help us and change us and bless us through it. Um, he's also blessed me this year by providing me with so many people um, to support me. Um, and it's really amazing that uh, all these people who probably think that they haven't helped me in any way have just blessed me in so, so many ways um, and God has really provided them for me. There's different people that I've met this year that I didn't know before, but have really been there when I've needed them um, this year. Um, the second main way that God has show, 
has um, shown me this year is where I need to have my foundations and my grounding in life. Uh, one of the biggest challenges and greatest experience of life has to be um, going to India, uh, which you can see the pictures of on the screen. Um, it was amazing, and I've told lots of you about it already, and I think uh, people who know me really well are probably getting bored of when I say, oh, in India we did this. <laughs> They do this in India. Oh, oh, you have to hear about this this time in India. <laughs> but um, it, it changed my life, really. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it was a big challenge, though, and um, I didn't want to go. I don't know if many of you really know that. I really didn't want to go. And to the point where, in the airport and on the plane, I was still telling myself I was going to Sweden. <laughs> I was wearing an I Love Sweden t-shirt and um, I was telling everyone, oh, we're going to Sweden, it's great, I've been there before. Um, but when I got there, I was really challenged and when it came to time to leave, I didn't want to leave, I didn't want to come home. I was like, I don't want to go home, I want to stay. Um, but it really did hit me quite hard. When you first get off the plane, the smell, um, the sounds, the heat, it just is all too much already and then you're hit with the poverty and um, all the challenging situations that they live with every day and even after the first day I was just like well I could have been born here why wasn't I born here what's what, what chooses how how come I have so much and they have nothing um, but I also met some really inspirational Christians when I was there and they were so amazing that they had given up so much um, for Jesus. Uh, the founders of the charity that we worked with, EMC, um, the lady um, was called Premila, and her husband, I can't pronounce his name, he died three years ago. But 35 years ago, he felt God told them that they should open their house. And they were quite a rich family. Um, but they did. They weren't really keen on the idea, but they just opened their house for people to come in and talk and they just listened. 35 years later, they have 37 projects that they run across Calcutta for um, people in need, and it's just so um, amazing what they do. They uh, work with, um, yeah, they work with loads of children that have nothing, and also adults as well, but mainly um, children. They run the only free school in India that is the same standard as the highest private school for the poorest of the poor kids and they bust children in off the streets and clean them, feed them, and teach them every day. Um, they rescue boys who are drug addicts that are living on a railway station. And also, you can just see so many people who have turned to Christ through what they do. It's quite amazing. <coughs> um, and you really can see God working there. So that also faces other challenges of, okay, God's working here. Why can't you see him so visibly working where we are? Um, but it really inspired me. And the first thing that, when we arrived that they told us was that they tried to see every person made in the image of God. And that is a challenge in itself. Because if you see every person made in the image of God, then you value them differently. And um, you, you see them differently. And it's <laughs> a slightly separate point. But when I was at Soul Survivor, I felt God was saying to me, you need to put on your Jesus goggles. Um, I told people at JCB this the other day, and um, they just sort of laughed and Richard thought you could actually buy a pair of Jesus goggles <laughs> but you can't buy a pair of Jesus goggles um, but it was a bit like when you put beer goggles on and you sort of oh drunk and like feeling or if you put your Jesus Not beer. oh thank you 
Um, if you put um, your Jesus goggles on, you, like, the idea is to try and see how Jesus would see people and see through his eyes. And it really does change and challenge how you view people. Um, because if, if Jesus loves everybody, then when you're walking down the street, just someone walking past you, got, like, Jesus really loves them. And just smiling or helping them or something can really make a difference. Um, so just like viewing that, um, and it reminded me of that when I went to India, and they viewed everyone made in the image of God. Um, on the first day when I got to India, I'll just read you another diary quote. I like reading diary quotes. <laughs> um, this, oh, actually, hang on, no, this wasn't uh, the first day. This was on one of the last days when I was reflecting on the time I had spent in India. I'd found a space on the roof of where we were staying to reflect because I like being up high and I'd just um, found this space to sit um, and I was reflecting on what I'd seen so I'll just read it to you. Why do, people have so, why do some people have so much and some people have so little? Why do some people choose to live on the street and eat, drink, sleep, cook, live on the edge of the road? Why choose to bring your children up there naked? Because they make more money from begging than having a job because more foreigners take pity on them if their kids are dirty with no clothes on. Why? How can a city have two extremes? How can it be so rich and yet so poor? How can some streets be packed with people living, sleeping, selling, washing, eating, and some streets so bare? How can people be living under a bridge that is overlooked by a fancy tower block while the latest cars drive past? How can the streets be so filthy and so clean? How can a city be so gray and so green? How can a city be so loud and busy and so empty and quiet? How? What decides whether you're born into a rich family or a poor one? What decides whether you grow up in a slum or a fancy apartment? What decides whether you get an education or not? What decides if you own one pair of flip-flops or ten pairs of designer shoes? What decides? Who chooses to love both people? Who sees the hurt in both places? Who takes the worry of finding enough food and the worry of what to eat? Who never chooses which is better? Who provides the way out? Who can we trust? Um, I was like, what does this all mean? Who, who do I love and how? When, when I look at the faces of the people, um, of many of the people here, I can see God. Every person was made in the image of God. I can, it can be easy to see that in many of these projects, and it's really easy to love the people. But what about the people it's not so easy to love, or I don't um, want to or feel like loving? Um, so that really did challenge me, and I was like, well, what about people at home? And what about people here? Sometimes, you, because you see people all the time, you don't think about um, the fact that they need loving, and they, they don't always seem in such extreme circumstances. Um, but you could really see it there. So I think it challenged most of our group, actually, of what God was sort of saying to us when we got back here. Um, but through this time, uh, all the material things that were in my life seemed so fragile. Um, and was seen to be sort of collapsing around me. Um, and India almost came of what I thought was probably the worst point of the year. But when I look back now, it probably came at the best point in the year. Um, and God really spoke to me through that. But I felt that sort of since Christmas, everything that I had and had held on to um, could collapse. And when I was in India, um, I saw that people had nothing and realized that material possessions could just go like that and you couldn't have them. Um, and I really felt God saying to me that he is our rock and he is the only firm thing that we can hold on to and trust in. 
and uh, really understood the um, story of the wise man who built his house on the rock. It really sort of was clear to me there, um, and with everything that was happening um, here, that we have to really put our trust in just him. And anything else that we try and hold on to means that we take our hands away from holding on to the rock. And if we're not holding on to him, then we slip and we fall. But he's always there to pull us back up onto the rock. And that was a really strong image that I had and made me sort of think, actually, I mustn't hold on to all these material things. I mustn't hold on to um, people even. I must just hold on to him and focus on him. And if my life is built on him, then nothing else will really matter. Nothing will sort of, they'll, they'll fall uh, and fall down, but I still have my hope in him. Um, um, another story that really meant something, something to me in India, which um, I'd heard ever since I was little, was the story of David and Goliath. Um, and it really took on a new meaning because we told it several times in assemblies because we were asked to do a lot of assemblies and um, kids groups and things. Um, but I had never seen the story like this. But we, we told the story and the, um, I haven't got the verse in front of me. There's a verse where it says um, that David said to Goliath, I come before you, you come before me with like two swords and something. Uh, but I come, to, um, I come to you in the name of my Lord. I th actually, I have got it written down here. You come to me using two swords, and a sword and two spears, but I come to you in the name of the Lord all-powerful, the God of the armies of Israel. You have spoken against him. Today the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll cut off your head. And I am... Um, it was sort of like that, although I don't face a seven-foot giant each day, I do face giants in life, um, and we all do. And um, they seem scary, but we can come before them however small we feel and however weak we feel, knowing that God's on our side and that he will help us defeat them. And that we, we have that trust and that hope. And I suppose um, since then I've had more of a confidence in that, that God has helped me in different parts of my life this year. And Kaz was saying to me the other day that she says there's this, uh, she feels there's a new confidence in me that she's seen over the last few months. And I'd probably say that's the confidence in knowing that God will never leave me um, and that he is always there with me. <coughs> um, the other part of my life that God's really spoken to me about recently, and I mentioned a bit at the forum, was about my future. Um, and a few weeks ago... I went to St. Bart's with um, the S team, so the other people doing the same gap year scheme as me. <coughs> and um, I hadn't decided what I was going to do next year. I couldn't, I couldn't decide. I'm rubbish at making decisions. And um, it just felt really hard. I didn't know what God wanted me to do. And I was very close to agreeing to do the S yes scheme again, but at a different church because I felt God could still um, challenge me in different ways. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, but I went for a walk. Um, I went for two walks with God um, that weekend. Well, that couple of days. And um, they both sort of had the same... I got the same images and the same um, feelings from God when I went there. That there were a couple of different things that he spoke to me about. Uh, one of them that was really strong was that I was walking down the path 
Um, well, it was a little girl walking down the path with her daddy, and he was the perfect daddy. He wasn't, um, he, he wasn't just a human daddy. He was the perfect daddy. And um, she was sort of just skipping along with him, and she would wander off and look at things, but he was always there. He always knew where she was, and he was always watching out for her and protecting her. And if there were things that she was looking at that weren't right, he would come and, like, move her away and bring her onto something else. And all the time he was teaching her as they were walking along the path. Um, and at times she would fall over and he would just pick her up, dust her down and stand her back up and they would carry on. Um, and at times she would get really tired and weary or upset and he would pick her up and carry her. And I really felt that God was saying that that was him and me. And that, well, him and all of us really. He is our dad and he is the perfect dad. And that if we were there like a child, then he will be with us, teaching us. Um, I, I, and I sort of felt that at some points in my life, I act a bit like a sort of stroppy teenager and don't want to listen to what you're saying. I want to go off and do my own thing. But he's always there and he's always following, waiting for me to come back and accept him again like a child. Um, and at other times, I'm like an adult and walking along beside him, like, oh, you've taught me everything that I need to know. It's okay, I know what to do now. Um, but again, he's there and he knows best and he wants us to accept him like a child again where um, he does know best and he can teach us and guide us. And um, I then felt that I was stood at a, cro well, a fork in the path and on the second walk I went on, I actually felt the path I walk was walking along was my life um, and it, that there was lots of bends and things and I couldn't see very far ahead or I couldn't see very far behind but I really did feel that God was saying, this is your life. Um, you walk along, the ground is a bit bumpy at times. Um, but then he said to me, sort of, look up, stop looking at your feet. Uh, and then I was like, but what if I can't see where I'm treading? I might fall or something. And uh, I felt him sort of say, you have to trust me, sort of my child. Just trust me. I was like, okay. <laughs> but when I looked up and I looked where I was walking ahead of me, even though the ground was bumpy beneath me, um, you could see more of where you were heading. You had more of a purpose and direction of um, what you are. And the verse that came into my head was um, from Philippians, I think, where it's like, forget the past and strain towards what's ahead. I don't really know exactly what it is, but it was just that bit, strain towards the ahead and like look to the future. That's what I felt he was sort of saying. But then I did come to this fork in the path and um, it was a real fork in the path and I couldn't decide where to go and which way to walk. But I felt, um, I, was with the I was the little girl with the dad again and I looked around to him, to his face, to sort of say, which way do you want me to go? And he, he said to me, it's your choice. I've walked both ahead of you. Both paths are safe, but um, you've got to make the decision. And I, I was looking to his face, sort of give me clues, which one will please you more? Um, but he, it was sort of like, I love you, so you have to choose. I've taught you. Um, I've taught you this far. You can make the choice of which way you want to go. And both will get to the same place, but I didn't know that at that point. Um, and I chose a path to walk down, and I couldn't see very far ahead of it, but I kept walking down it, and um, some parts of the path were breathtakingly beautiful, um, and other parts were like full of thistles and quite difficult to walk over. And I felt God was saying, there will be some really hard times in your life, but then there will be some really, really good times as well, um, and that I'm always with you anyway. And a couple of times, because the path was only a sort of grass track that people would, like one or two people would walk before, um, I kept straying from the path a little bit, and every time I realized that I wasn't on the path, I was like, oh, but then there'd be a little track bringing me back to the main path, 
And then I felt God saying, um, you've got your Holy Spirit sat nav <laughs> with you <laughs> that is always set on home. And that um, even if you get lost, we can ignore it. We can keep walking uh, and going where we like, but we can ignore what it's saying, but it's continuously leading us home. And if we get lost, however lost we are, it will still bring us back home. Um, we've just got to listen to it. Um, and I felt God was sort of saying that of when you get lost from the path. And then um, on this actual path, I was walking around. It came to a small clearing in the grass, and it just seemed to stop. There was a sm- small clearing, but there was one other path that joined it. And I looked back, and that path came from where I'd been at the fork. And both paths came to the exact same clearing. And there was no other path from it. There was like one or two tiny little tracks where one person maybe had walked across the field before. And I felt God was saying, look, this is where you're coming to for now. Whichever way you choose, you will get to the same point for the time being. Then there'll be some other paths to go on. Um, and it was really good. I just felt, well, I could make the choice. Um, um, and he also was saying about like making a choice, which I think... I suppose it's more for the journey as well, um, which is for all of us. I felt that I was learning to walk and that I was stood propped up against something. Um, but someone couldn't move my legs for me to walk. I have to learn to walk myself. Um, because if they were moving my legs, then I wouldn't be walking. So I have to take that step um, and try and learn to walk. And I will wobble and fall down. That's one of those things. But um, my, my daddy, my loving daddy, will pick me up, praise me for trying, and stand me back up again to have another go. Um, and I felt, wow, that's sort of something that we can all sort of hold on to, that, okay, there will be times when we fall, but he will just pick us back up, stand us, like, brush us down, and say, okay, have another try. Um, so there were some of the things that he was sort of saying about my year. Um, so I chose to do the theology degree and um, work here because I felt that was the most right thing. Um, well, that was the choice that I made. And since then, I felt so much more relaxed and feel that actually it is the right decision and that I've made that step. And he will, God will honour that because I've made that step of faith to do it. Um, it's for him that he will honour that and he will never leave me. So that is my confidence, I, sp- I suppose, that God will never leave me. He'll never leave any of us. And he's always just there. So... Um, Whenever we want, we can just turn to him, and he'll be there, ready to accept us. Um, so that's sort of my year, really. I, I feel so blessed by how God's managed to speak to me and change me this year. And I was thinking about all this and all the stuff that he's spoken to me about, and I've not mentioned everything. Um, I just got really quite excited, actually, about it all. When I looked back at it all now, I suppose maybe that's a good reason why I'm doing it now, that um, I needed to check, like, check over all that I've done and realise what God has um, been doing in my life um, as we come into the end of the year and just realise how amazing and all he is that he is just there for us all the time and that he loves us no matter what. So, um, and he can change lives like he did for Rahab. He really changed her life. Um, and the ch- lives of so many other people and he really fitted her into his plan and um, that we all have a part in his plan but um, we don't always know what it is however small and now I look back there were really small things but if they weren't quite that way then other things wouldn't have happened so everybody has a different part to play in that plan um, and it's quite amazing when you think about it so yeah that's my year thank you